Welcome to the Only One Business Show with me, your host, James Nathan, chatting to some of the UK's leading business professionals, sharing tips, insights, and advice on how to create amazing customer experiences whilst building bigger, better, and more profitable businesses as a result. What can you do in your business today and in the years to come to truly delight your clients? What exceptional experiences can you give them to take away and cherish? How can you delight the most important person in the world? Satisfaction makes you one of many. Delighting clients makes you the only one. And you can't be just one. You have to be the only one. Hello and welcome to the Only One Business Show with me, your host, James Nathan, and in the studio, well, on the line today, an entrepreneur and personal brand strategist who's obsessed with helping people confidently stand out, be visible in their space, and attract their dream clients. She's a founding member and personal brand strategist with Brands Builders Group, whose insights have been featured in major media, including Forbes and Inc. Her client list includes New York uh, Times best-selling authors, top 100 podcast hosts, and eight-figure entrepreneurs. She believes that abundant generosity is the key to a well-lived life and is passionate about helping other people leverage the power of generosity so that they can build high-level relationships, achieve their goals, and leave a personal legacy that makes them proud. Please welcome Elise Archer. Elise, hi, how are you? Hi, James. I'm doing great. I am so excited to be here with you today. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. And it, and it's great to be able to get some time with you because I know you're super, super busy. Um, and just before we go any further, you're not local to where you you live now, are you? Well, no, you're not from where I'm, you live now. Yeah, no, we were, we were having a great conversation in the pre-chat about that. So I wasn't raised terribly far from where I live now, a couple of states away. I'm over in the United States. Um, was born and raised in North Carolina. And then several years ago, my husband and I just made the decision that it would be really good for our growth to uh, have to start over somewhere new. So we had most of our family in North Carolina. All my friends were there. It was Life was really easy. And, and I think there's some, there's some good to that. But it almost got to the point where it felt like it was too easy and we weren't being challenged um, to grow, to meet new people. And so we sold most everything that we own and we picked up and moved to a new city state. So we live in Atlanta, Georgia now, and uh, have just spent the past couple of years rebuilding social network, uh, figuring out where in the world we're going to live here. We've moved actually five times in five years, just trying to wow. find like the okay. right place. Um, yeah. So there, yeah, there's some fun moving stories there as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a great, it's been challenging, which is what we wanted. And it's mm -hmm. also been a really great growth experience. Well, that, I mean, that's a really gutsy thing to do, isn't it? But you weren't always that sort of confident person that we're hearing today, were you? No. Oh, my gosh. So much of my story is struggling with lack of confidence, insecurity, all of the, all the struggles you can imagine. Yeah. So tell us how you got to where you are now. Sure, sure. Well, thank you for asking. You know, I grew up, um, I grew up really, I think, going after the goals that I thought I was supposed to go after, to be right. quote unquote successful. And mm -hmm. so, um, 
you know, I wanted, I, I kind of saw my dad start new companies and he was an entrepreneur and I, I saw the level of financial success he had. And so I thought that was what would make me happy in my life was going after a certain level of financial security and fulfillment. And so um, I went to college for journalism and I didn't, I was blessed that I didn't have to work. My parents paid for college, but mm -hmm. I was so motivated and so driven to find a way to make money for myself that I worked four sales jobs at one time uh, while I was in college. When I got, I got my diploma, I laughed because I never went to class. And I thought, how did I graduate from here? They must have just not known who I was. Right. So uh, so graduated from college and went straight into um, the corporate world doing advertising sales. And by my mid-20s, I was uh, you know financially successful, doing well. I bought the dream house, had the car I wanted, but I found myself deeply empty inside. And I was in a relationship. I actually got married to a guy that was, uh, it was just a really bad relationship overall. And I take a lot of responsibility mm -hmm. for that too. I think it takes two to tango there. Um, sure. But I, I found myself kind of looking around and saying, gosh, I did everything I thought that I was supposed to do. And I'm feeling so empty. And I was also privately struggling with an eating disorder that I'd been battling since my teens, a lot what? of body image issues and insecurities about, you know, wanting to look a, a certain perfect way for other people to like me. And uh, it was around that time that I actually was so frustrated and discontent with my life that I couldn't stand silence. And I remember I was, I was doing a lot of driving to go visit clients and I would go, you know, I'd get on the road for two hour trips uh, to go see a client and do a sales call. And at the time, Anytime there was silence, I had to be alone with my thoughts of what was mm -hmm. really going on in my life. And I hated the silence. So I right. actually discovered podcasting at that time because I was just trying to find something to fill the noise. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I discovered podcasting, that was my first experience and exposure to personal development. I had never been exposed to personal development. My family growing up was very pragmatic. There was very linear thinking. It was, mm -hmm. you know, if it's, it has to be factual based for, for us to pay attention to it. And so I'd never really been exposed to ideas. Like you can change your life if you start changing who you are on the inside. And there was one podcast in particular that I found by a host named Rory Vaden. And uh, there was a lot of sales advice on there, but there was also a lot of personal development. And it really spurred me to start making some massive transformations in my life. Mm -hmm. And in the period of about a year, actually even less than that, but um, a little under a year, I made some huge transformations. I, uh, I, I got out of the marriage. I made a lot of changes in the friend circle that I was hanging out with. I've been hanging out with a lot of people who were uh, really focused on, I'd say, partying, you know, kind of that lifestyle. Yeah. And I just realized uh -huh. it wasn't really who I wanted to be um, anymore. And uh, I also, at that time, decided to leave my corporate job and go out and work on my own as a coach and as an entrepreneur. And in that process, it's it's kind of a, a, maybe a long story. I don't know if we have time for it. But in the process, I actually got the opportunity to partner with Rory and his wife, AJ, at their a company that they owned at the time and partnered with them as a coach on their team and um, really transformed so much of my life in a short amount of time. And that was, oh gosh, that was six years ago, five, six years right. ago. And right. it's been a journey since then. I feel like I'm still, you know, I, I, I feel so much more confident than the woman I was back then. Mm -hmm. And it's a continual daily journey, I think, for each of us of learning to 
own our voice and feel really confident in how we show up in the world. And I think it's really a lot of it is just a returning to who we really are at our core. So I kind of feel like I've been on that journey um, for years now. It's a really interesting thing you say that because obviously we're sat in the, you know, the middle of a coronavirus epidemic, and you've, you know, it's different everywhere we we live, different places around the world. But you know, a lot of people are starting to to look at their lives, I guess, in a more well. We've been almost forced to to stop, um, you know, with businesses cl- closing and and the world shutting down. Um, and a lot of people are starting to think, well, actually, is this who I am, and is this who I want to be, and. Um, it sounds like that's a kind of kind of process that you went through. Very much so. And I think the interesting thing about the way the world works or the universe works, whatever you want to call it, is we get these nudges and and we get these nudges when it's time to make a change or when it's time to slow down and really examine, are we where we are actually meant to be right now? And when things are good, when things are easy, it's so easy to ignore those nudges when mm-hmm. the money's coming in, when, uh, you know, when, when you're, maybe your social life is active you may feel those little nudges, but they're so easy to cover up. And my own experience has been that life will keep giving you those nudges. And then if you don't listen, sometimes you kind of get hit over the head with a frying pan. <laughs> it's like, look, you have to listen to this. And so that's yeah. been one of my my lessons too, is learning to pay attention and try to catch the nudges earlier on so that right. I don't have to be hit over the head. Um, but I think that, like you mentioned, just with what's going on in the world right now, um, there's, I think a lot of people, it's, it's, it, it's so hard, right? With a lot of what's going on, it's really hard. And I've had some really amazing conversations with people who are saying, you know what, I'm finally taking the time to stop and look at, um, is this really how I want to be running my life? Or maybe you lost your job. And if you're honest with yourself, you didn't actually love what you were doing. And mm-hmm. as hard as it is to make that transition, Sometimes things are, I've had a lot of experiences like this in life where things are just forcibly ripped away and it hurts so bad in the moment, but then you realize the opportunity and the space it creates for something better to come out of it. So one of the mindsets that I adopt is that things are always working for me. And if things are always working for me, what does that mean in this moment? Even if it's hard, even if I don't see the full picture yet, if things were always working for me, what would that mean about Mm -hmm. what's happening in this moment? And I think that provides a great perspective shift where we can start to look for opportunity and creativity in a moment rather than trying to cling on to something that's just no longer there. But that that chasing your dream kind of mentality or mindset, it's not possible for everyone, is it? Uh, I would say it is. Yeah. I mean, I would say, I, and, and here's the thing, I think for each of us, um, we have we have a reason why we're here. And it doesn't have to be necessarily that you're here to, you know, invent the next medical breakthrough or to do something that's going to land you on the front cover of, you know, Forbes or Time. But I think for each of us, we we are here for a specific purpose. And for some of us, it's it's to um, to learn to love more. You know, mm-hmm. for some of us, it's to learn to connect more with people. But I think we all if we're honest with ourselves, there is something that lights us up and fulfills our soul. And it doesn't necessarily have to be business related. I think probably for a lot of your listeners, for you, for me, there are these business aspirations, these dreams we go after, but that doesn't necessarily have to apply to everyone. For for some people, it's like they are meant to be the best 
mom or dad they can possibly be, um, or they're meant to, you know, to travel and have those types of experiences. But I think we each are given a calling and, and something we're meant to learn while we're here and during, you know, during our time on this planet. And, um, we, it's easy for it to get lost. It's so easy for it yeah. to get to, to get lost. And I think a lot of times it comes from going after other people's expectations of us and what we think we're supposed mm-hmm. to be doing. And I think a yeah. lot of the process of growth is remembering who you actually are, what really lights you up, and then going after that thing. I think, well, I you, you kind of answered my follow-up question because the reason I asked that was so many people sit there and go, well, look, I'd love to be X, Y, or Z. But I've got a mortgage. I've got family. I've got school. I've got you know what all these all this stuff to to pay for, right? Mm-hmm. To look after the family and look after myself. Um, and it takes a different kind of mindset to say, well, actually, I can and I will, and I'm going to go after those things. You know, I remember very clearly when I when I stopped being an accountant, I rang my dad and said, "Hey, Dad, I'm going to be a recruitment consultant." He went, "Oh, you can still be an accountant though if it all goes wrong, can't you?" Um, and yeah, because he's in his mind, I mean, he was, he's, he's not with us anymore, but you know, you got your job, you found your profession, you did that for life and that's all you did. Um, and that was, that was the, the mentality. And I think a lot of us are kind of pushed up we into that kind of way of thinking by our families or our parents or whatever it might be, but actually the opportunity to, to make a difference in the world and to live a good life as a result of that and financially a good life is is very possible Mm -hmm. absolutely and i think so much of what you said there is so important james and it comes back to giving yourself permission to release the expectations that Mm -hmm. other people had for you that you may have taken on as your own when really they're not the things that are going to create happiness or fulfillment and I went after that for years and it sounds like you did too in the, in the accounting profession, you know, you do this thing that you think is what you're supposed to do. Maybe it's what your parents mm-hmm. did, or it's the thing that you thought was going to bring you security. And one of the questions that I love to ask when I find myself in a place like that, where it's like, I feel kind of stuck with what I'm doing is if there were no consequences or limitations, what mm-hmm. would I do right now? If there were Great no consequences or limitations. Yeah. yeah, because at the end of the day, look, maybe you do. Yes, you have a mortgage, you have car payment, you have these different things, but you can change that if you want. You can. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's going to be instant. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. But if you're feeling called to pick up and move or make a change in your career, I think the greatest tragedy is our own self-betrayal. And if you're living a life that betrays who you really are, that's the tragedy. That's the worst case scenario. We get stuck in, well, what if, you know, what if I make this move and it doesn't work? Or what are people going to think of me? You're already living the worst case scenario if you're living out something that's not really who you are. So you're already there. And then it's just about looking for the possibilities of how can you shift? What can you do today, even if it's small, to start to take one step towards who you feel like you're actually being called to be in this moment? Elise, I love that. I really do. I think it's uh, it's just a great way to start and say, you know, what am I going to be and how should I do that? And then once you've done that, once you've decided, right, this is what I, what I want, this is what I want out of my life, this is who I want to show the world I am, how do you go about doing that? Mm, that's a great question. <laughs> There's probably a lot of different ways to uh, to answer it. You know, I like to work in 90-day chunks. So um, I think sometimes when we try to look at the big picture, it can be so overwhelming. 
And if we, you know, maybe you make your vision board and you say, okay, I want to launch this type of business. I want to have this type of house. And, you know, it's, it's stuff that you can absolutely do, but it's maybe some of it is a year out, a couple of years out, it can feel overwhelming. So I like to work in just 90 day chunks and say, based upon the goal where I think I want to be eventually, you know, reverse engineering and saying, okay, in the next 90 days, what do I need to accomplish in order to get there? And so with all of my goal setting, I do 90 day, I have a 90 day vision board. I have 90 day goals that I write mm-hmm. every morning. And it's one of the mistakes I made early on when I was first kind of getting into personal development and trying to figure stuff out was having some kind of pie in the sky vision of what I wanted, but not knowing how to translate that into actual action and change in my life. And so some of the practices that I've adopted are looking at those 90 day goals, thinking about who do I need to be? What do I need to do? And what do I want to have in the next 90 days that are going to move me forward? The other reason I like 90 days as well is that it's far enough out that you can make a fair amount of change in 90 days. Last year doing this, I doubled my income every quarter, like doing this process, but it's also, it's a short enough leash that it keeps you focused where you're not, you know, you're not staring at that maybe $20 $20 million dream home in Malibu that right now it's just, it's going to take years for you to get there. And it just feels so out of touch and out of reach that you don't feel like you need to take an action today towards it. So it's that short enough time frame that you can make a change um, mm-hmm. and, and get there, right. And accomplish those goals. So every single day it's looking at the vision board for what, who am I going to be? What am I going to do? And what do I want to have in the next 90 days? And then every single day, writing down my goals as if they've already happened with appreciation, with gratitude, actually feeling it, meditating mm-hmm. on it, and then taking aligned action towards it. And one other thing I'll add is that I used to, this is actually something I've been working on a lot lately and it's made a big difference. Um, I'm someone who lived a lot of my life doing things I thought I should do. And so Mm -hmm. it's been a process of learning to return to my own guidance and instincts to say, is this really something I need to be doing right now? Is this an action that's actually going to move me towards my goals? Or am I taking this simply because I think it's what I should be doing right now? So one of the things that's on my vision board right now is I only take aligned and inspired action. And you can get so much farther that way. It's it's a little scary because it's not necessarily what we're taught to do. Um, But you can get so much farther that way by really making sure that your actions you're taking every day are in alignment with those 90-day goals. And then it's it becomes a fun process. Okay. So just give us an example of what you mean by that. Is that the kind of ignoring the shiny pennies and just getting on with the true stuff? Or what, what, what do you mean with aligned and inspired action? Yeah. Well, I think for a lot of us, part of our journey is learning to trust that we know the right thing to do. Um, a lot of times we kind of drown out our own voice, our own intuition, about stuff. And, um, you know, I have a a strong background in sales and marketing, and I come from a, uh, a background where we're, you know, you're given these quotas of, you need to make, you know, a hundred calls a day or, you know, or whatever it is, right. 50 cold emails a day. And you can absolutely Mm -hmm. accomplish goals doing it that way. And a lot of people do. Um, but what I found has been more, effective in my own life has been every day kind of stopping at the beginning of the day and getting quiet. And for me, it's just, it's part of my spiritual practice. So everyone will have a different way they approach this. But for me, it's really getting quiet and saying, who needs to hear from me today? Um, 
what's the, like, who are the five people that I would love to connect with today that would light me up to speak with today? And leading with that and trusting that if those people are on my mind, that they're showing up for a reason. And it's not so much just like a, you know, try, it's not, I would say it's, uh, not it's more like the sniper approach not the shotgun approach right where it's like right. i'm actually connecting with these people because i want to because i think i can help them because i think they want to hear from me and i'm just getting that intuition that they do and then usually what i find is that the conversations are so much more fruitful they're more productive they can tell that i genuinely want to connect with them and i'm not just checking a box saying okay i said i was going to make 100 calls today so i did um, yeah. and, and you actually have much better, I have much better results that way. I make more money this way. I get more clients this way as well. So that would right. be, yeah. So that's, that's one example. Okay. Fantastic. Where does, where does the personal brand part fit in with all of this? Yeah, well, it's, it's everything, right? So a lot of what we've talked about has been kind of the personal development journey, but on the personal branding side, Gosh, it's something I'm so passionate about. I did it almost accidentally for years just because I, as I was especially uh, wanting to build my brand in the coaching space and I decided to get out of corporate, I didn't necessarily know how to be a great coach yet. But what I did know because of my marketing background was that I needed to be well known. And so I started really marketing myself um, and building my brand and my reputation as a coach. And that's part of why I was able to successfully exit corporate and uh, and run my own company. And I've, I've been out of corporate since 2015. And um, about two years ago, several of my my colleagues from our old company, including Rory and AJ Vaden, who I mentioned previously, um, we exited that old company and we came together and formed this new company called Brand Builders Group. And mm -hmm. it's really, we partner with, we call them mission-driven messengers. So it's people who, um, you know, most of them, yes, they want to make more money. Yes, they want to grow their business. But there's also an element of they feel like there's a message they need to get out into the world or they feel like there's some way in which they're being called to help and serve and they need to be more mm -hmm. visible and more known in order to do that. And part of what's powerful about personal branding and building your reputation is that when you're really clear on who you are and what you're all about and how you're meant to be of service in the world, you draw in and attract a lot of the right opportunities. And so mm -hmm. when we're working with clients, you mentioned at the beginning in my intro that I'm passionate about helping people stand out and be visible and, and kind of own how they uh, mm -hmm. own how they show up in the world. And a lot of that does tie to my own personal journey, but there's so much good that comes from that. Um, and when you're building your personal brand, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to kind of walk through the process that I, I think would be helpful oh, for someone to take. Yeah. The, the first step is really getting clear on what we call your uniqueness. Um, we call it your right. brand DNA, figuring out what your personal brand is all about, because a mistake people make with their personal brand is they say, okay, I'm going to you know, build this business and leverage my brand and launch a podcast or launch a speaking career. And they don't necessarily have a strategy or a plan yet. It's kind of like trying to build a house without having a blueprint. And so, <laughs> right. the, which we both know would, would not go well. So they, yeah, uh, yeah. they that'd they, be tricky. 
Exactly. Yeah. So they'll think, that, okay, the first thing I need to do is I need to get an Instagram account. I need to get a logo. I need to get a website up. And they spend, you can spend significant time and money on those things. But if you're not clear yet mm. on what your messaging is, the problem you solve for people, how you're different, what your uniqueness is, you're going to be, you're kind of throwing pain against the wall. You know, I just got off a coaching call with a client before this interview where he spent over a year building his coaching business and um, building his brand. And he just started working with us more intensely and fantastic guy has built a, a relatively successful business. But as we were looking at everything he's created so far, he was like, gosh, there's nothing on my website that speaks to how I'm different, the problem I solve for people, what I'm really passionate about. And I'm going to need to go back and redo all of this. And so there's mm -hmm. there's power in getting clear on uh, what we call your brand DNA at the beginning, which is six different questions. What problem do you solve? What are you passionate about? What are you an expert in? So think about like, what have you studied? What have you researched? Uh, what do you have results in? So what are the real life results you've gotten in your life, in your clients' lives? And then finally, looking at your business model, what would people be willing to buy mm -hmm. from you? And then what yeah. business do you want to be in? How do you want to be spending your time and getting clear on those things first before you either launch a new business or pivot and, and maybe take your business in a different direction? Those are going to help you tremendously in terms of um, successfully building your brand and getting it out faster and more effectively into the world so you're not sitting there a year later saying, gosh, you know, I launched this thing and nothing's really happening. And now I've got to go back and re rework everything um, that I created. Yep. So that would really be the first step someone would take. Yeah, there's a lot of talk around that kind of build it and they will come. And that's not true at all, is it? It's a big lie. Build it and they will not come. Yep. <laughs> you got to build it. And then, first of all, you got to make show sure them where it is. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Exactly. You got to make sure you're building the right thing. And then you got to spend a fair amount of time and energy on uh, driving people to it. <laughs> well, you know, I think people totally underestimate the amount of effort it takes for these things. Um, there's a lot of people who, uh, who appeared to do this very, very simply and very, very easily. Um, it just doesn't come that way. It is all about the amount of effort you put in and in, in the right direction. Alicia, you mentioned uniqueness, finding out what your uniqueness is. How do you work that out? Because I can get the rest of it. everything else you've said. It seems to me, yep, that's easy. Well, not easy, but I can get to that myself. But actually understanding what it is that people see as unique within you is a tricky thing. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? Yeah, great question. And part of why it's so important today is that there's so much noise. And I think that's the biggest problem that we're we're each kind of contending against with our businesses is there's so much noise and so many people vying for the attention, the eyeballs of, of, of your customers that Sally Hogshead has a great quote. She says, different is better than better. It's not enough today to show how are you better than somebody else because there's always going to be somebody who's better than you. And there's always going to be somebody who's worse than you at what you do. But the key is how are you different? And uh, and this is our whole philosophy of our company on, on building a personal brand. It's, I'll share another quote with you uh, from a guy named Larry Winget. And he says, the key is to find your uniqueness and exploit it in the service of others. 
So find your uniqueness and exploit it in the service of others. And that word exploit, I think, may initially rub some people the wrong way. But it's really just Mm -hmm. about once you're clear on how you're unique, you want to be all in on using that in your marketing, in your branding, and letting people know. So your uniqueness Mm -hmm. is, that's, that's kind of the core of the brand. And it can be challenging. You're right, James. It can be challenging to figure out what it is. But if we go back to those six questions that I shared earlier, earlier. And I'll repeat them here because this is really where you start is figuring out, we call what is your brand DNA? And they, mm-hmm. your uniqueness lives somewhere in the intersection of these six questions. So the first is what problem do you solve? Getting really clear on what is that one word problem that if somebody said, I'm struggling with blank right now, the person they're talking yep. to would say, you need to call James or you need to listen to James. This is with a personal brand mm-hmm. specifically, one of the mistakes people make is they think it's about them. And it's it's ironic, but it's not. It's not about you at all. It's about the problem you solve in the world. So when you think mm-hmm. about some of the best personal brands, the biggest personal brands out there, think about... Um, I'm just thinking about some examples in the States, you know, Dave Ramsey solving the problem of debt, um, you know, Mother Teresa and the problem of poverty, uh, Brene Brown and the problem of shame. Uh, one of our clients mm-hmm. is a podcaster named Lewis Howes. He solves the problem of self-doubt. And so the biggest and most influential personal brands actually build their whole reputation and brand off of being known for solving a specific problem in the world. And they they end up talking about that problem or promoting that problem as much as they promote the solution. If you think about Brene Brown, she is a researcher of shame. She talks about shame all the time publicly. She studies it. She, she does podcasts about it. And it feels strange, but you have to become an ambassador of the problem that you solve in the world because People don't really care about what you have to sell or to offer if they don't know how it solves a problem for them. So that's the first question. And then the balancing question to that is, what are you passionate about? So you could solve a lot of different problems, most likely with your background and your expertise, but what lights you up? And passion can be positive or negative. Passion can be, I love this, this gives me joy, or passion, some people don't feel that way about a lot of stuff, and maybe it's, this really ticks me off, this makes me angry. And those first Mm -hmm. two questions combined, that will tell you what you it's basically like what you want to talk about, what you want your brand to be about. The second set of questions is more, what are you qualified for it to be about? And so we look at there first, what have you researched? So you can think about uh, you know, books that you've read, degrees that you have, certifications that you, mm-hmm. that you have. And then the balancing question to that though is what do you have results in? There's, uh, you know, there's, yeah. A lot of people, and I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, I see it quite a bit online where people are teaching you how to become an internet millionaire. And you know that they're recording that video from their mom's basement and they rented that car. And it's There's not only one person becoming a millionaire from those courses, and it's not the exactly. person buying the course. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And it's like they've never, a lot of these people have never done what they're teaching you how to do. So we really believe in building a brand and a business from a place of integrity where you've done the thing you're teaching people how to do. And, uh, and that makes it a lot better for the customer and for you. So those two questions combined help you figure out what you're really qualified and positioned to build your brand around. And then the final part is more about your business model. So you look at 
okay, what would people be willing to buy from me? And there's five different ways you can monetize your personal brand. We call them the paids for the five ways you can get paid. So there's products, there's ads and affiliates, there's information. So think like membership courses, there's deals. So maybe, you know, building your brand to the point where you can get a book deal or a TV deal um, or a show Mm -hmm. deal. And then the final part is services. So think about uh, that's more the time for money, right? Consulting, coaching, training, et cetera. And any of those could be ways you could monetize. But then the balancing question that you want to ask to that is, what business do you actually want to be in? Which is how do you want to spend your time? And uh, when our client Lewis came to us and first started working with us, he'd reached a level of success where there were so many different opportunities that he um, that that were at his disposal, and he had you know very successful podcast and New York Times bestselling book and uh, opportunities for brand deals and partnerships and coaching program and mastermind and speaking and there were so many things. And wow, well, you give me a headache from listening to it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, a, it's a high quality problem to have. But what ends up happening uh-huh. is you end up feeling stretched and not really being mm. clear on how you want to be spending your time. So we look at uh, something we call the DARES. You'll notice we love acronyms, but this is a, yep. basically a checklist you can run your business model through. And the more of these things you can check off, the more, uh, the more time freedom you're going to have in your business. So with anything you're creating, is it digital? Is it automated? Is it recurring? Is it evergreen? And is it scalable? Now, you're not usually going to have all of those in one business model, but the more you can build in, the more time freedom you're going to have. And so, James, the way the uniqueness works is when you're doing that exercise, it's probably going to be a brain dump for each of those questions. And what we want to do is really triangulate around each of those to figure out kind of what's the core through line that unites all six of these questions. And it can mm-hmm. be it can be your perspective on the way to solve a problem. It can be the way that you do business. For example, for our team, we live in a world where there's a lot of people who offer courses and um, to have like information products about this. But we're actually a service based business where we actually help people do this and figure out how to do it. And that's unique in our space. So it could be the way in which you. Um, the way in which you help people. It could be the way you solve the problem for people. So the key though, is just to figure out what does make you different in your space. Mm -hmm. What problem do you solve? What's your message about how to solve it? And those become the foundations and the core of, of your personal brand. Elise, that is fantastic. So many great things to think about there. I know people are going to they're going to be running away, going right. Let, let me start. Let me start with the questions. Let me think about where I am. Let me look at how I'm going to be and what do I want this to look like in the future. Can I ask you one last question? One big question. Um, of course. Could you give us your your one big thing, your golden nugget? The one thing that people could do today to make their businesses better for today and better for the years to come, what would that mm. be? James, I think it's having an attitude of generosity with everything you do. Uh, people worry today about, well, if I, you know, if I share too much online about how I solve the problem I solve or about um, how to, you know, how to accomplish goals, then why would somebody hire me? 
And here's the thing today, people don't pay for information. Information is a commodity. You can figure out everything you need to know on Google. They don't pay for information. They pay for organization and application. Give away everything that you know. Teach everything that you know. Be super generous. And you're going to draw in and attract customers who say, oh my gosh, if I could get this much from you for free, what would it look like to work with you? So the way I think about generosity (laughs) is that it's a time bender. It speeds up time. The more generous you are, the more you give, the faster you're going to bring in results. So that would be, it's, it's that attitude of abundance and generosity with your business that is going to make a big difference in the results both now and later. Fantastic. Elise, thank you so much. It's been really great chatting with you. Thank you so much, James, for having me on. It's been a blast. I hope you really enjoyed this episode of The Only One Business Show, and I look forward to sharing your company again very soon. If you'd like to subscribe, please do so wherever you pick up your podcasts. And in the meantime, have a great day. Bye for now.